Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Unlike TV or radio ads where every instance the ads are broadcast, they're only played once and lost forever. Perpetual advertising can have repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, and even years after they're inserted in a podcast. So even if a podcast is a few years old, your ads will still be impactful to repeat listeners as well as new listeners. This gives your advertising dollar the most bang for the buck. Find out more about perpetual advertising at twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Baseball. It's a game with lines, bases, players, and hot dogs. Sure. But baseball is more than just balls and strikes. Street! It's about stories. Deep, rich, steeped in history, perspective, and gosh, there are just so many. Boil up your glove, warm up the arm, take your place on the infield, and get ready for another episode of Two Guys Talking Baseball. Baseball storytelling and perspective on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. In 1982, I remember hoisting little Mike Saposi on my shoulders after we'd won the Little League Championship Tournament in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. In those days, baseball wasn't just something I participated in during the summer when we were off school. It was a life, complete with its own culture, vernacular, and a dedication that continues to fuel my competitive juices today. This week, professional baseball teams across North America will join to launch the beginning of baseball season. We too here at Two Guys Talking Baseball will be launching a specific listing of special baseball films that you can revel in and enjoy here during Two Guys Talking Baseball. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. I'm Vic Porcelli, the other host. <laughs> and it's great to be talking more baseball here at TwoGuysTalkingBaseball.com. A quick little bit of housekeeping. Don't forget to check out the Field of Dreams perspective review that Vic and I just finished, again for the launch of baseball season this year, that I know you will be terribly impressed by. Vic, it turned out wonderfully after the full edit, and everybody can go listen to it over at TwoGuysTalking.com forward slash Field of Dreams. Special stuff. More baseball input needed by you. Vic, Two Guys Talking was based on fan input Absolutely. across the spectrum. Yeah. And so we're always interested in hearing about the baseball stories that nobody knows about inside of baseball in general. You know, that's what I love about the whole Two Guys Talking network is, you know, well, Two Guys Talking Poker that Andy and I do, Two Guys Talking Baseball that mm -hmm. you and I do. We don't profess to be experts. We're just enthusiasts. Yeah. So and, and tell us if you know. And frankly, storytellers. Yeah. It's what really makes me excited about something like Two Guys Talking Baseball yeah. because, well, I am not a professional baseball player. Mm. And I was a good baseball player when I was one, mm -hmm. but it, so right. it's a long, long time ago. Right. And being able to tell the stories and revel in the memories of stuff like that and spill it onto other people is why I podcast in It's general. so exciting. I, it, I, I just love talking about it. It's baseball. terribly exciting. And again, this is our clarion call to all of you. If you have a story about baseball, that needs to be told so it's in the lexicon and frankly a piece of the legacy that we leave as two guys talking baseball contact us over at our website that's two guys talking baseball.com click anywhere on the right hand side inside the contact area fill out the quick web form and tell us about the stories that we need to be sharing with people during two guys talking baseball Vic, you got that glove oiled up i'm ready got baby. your stretch in Vic, it's time to get into a very special listing of 10 plus movies across feature filmdom that feature baseball. Yeah. Streak! Major League. 
Uh, Vic, the reason I put Major League inside of here, one, is because when this movie was filmed, I grew up in the town Milwaukee, ah, okay. where this film was actually filmed in lieu of Cleveland. That's great. And so I wanted to make sure that this was absolutely on there because there was something to being in high school, but then also being in high school, except not being in high school and down at the ball game. Uh, I did some of that myself. <laughs> so instead of just watching a ball game and drinking lots of beer, I mean uh, soda pop and hot dogs. Right. Instead of doing that, we went down for at least two or three nights when they made the giant call to people to come down and be members yeah. of the audience inside of the making of this film. Wow. It was something very special. And of course, I can point to every single instance of where I was sitting. I know I can't. <laughs> I'm kidding. I can't. But, you can't see me. I can, however, point to all of the areas where there were fake people inserted inside of the audience. That's great. Inside this film. And, and that's in, not just inside baseball. That's inside baseball movie. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And by the way, I was inside the baseball movie. So that's excellent. That's uh, the other reason I brought up Major League is because it's one of the ones that most people, they'll at least remember it. Whether or not they liked the movie or not is, it's almost irrelevant the way that it, the film was built. I liked it because it is the kind of humor that I like. I am not a big comedy fan. But this kind of spite-based humor inside of this film is something mm -hmm. that I really do endear. Again, you've got everything from Bob Euchre inside of this. You've got the showcase of Milwaukee County Stadium, which, by the way, now doesn't exist anymore. Right, right. Because the new roof used to drip like a sieve ballpark was uh, built right next door. Hmm. Um, there are some hallmarks that are still left. They made a little park where home plate was still next to outside oh, wow. of the stadium. That's cool. So there are some lines and stuff that, uh, frankly, mirror what happened here inside of St. Louis when they built the new Bush Stadium right next door to the old Bush Stadium. That, that, that's what was funny about that park is that think of anything old that you know was falling apart inside of the existing Bush Stadium. Right. A dude, Milwaukee County Stadium, had... Everything about 10 levels down from that. Wow. It was very, very old. Never been there. Never, well, I was never at Miller Park either, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and Miller Park is extraordinary. Yeah, you, yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll get there, and it, it it is a bonanza, mm -hmm. which it should be. You know, it costs a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, it costs a lot of taxpayer money. A lot of stories have been hatched there that we'll have to definitely dig into. My dad essentially lives in the the, the shadow of that ballpark as wow. well, right off of Lisbon at, uh, at 55th Street. Wow. So, He's, he's right there in the mix. To get back to the movie, though, again, that sense of wry humor that's in it. Uh, there's a little bit of over-the-top humor that gets in there, too. You have uh, lexicon actors, Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes, Tom Berenger, and a cast that really does not quit. Right. Uh, there's also a lot of truth inside that movie where you'll note that the owners are very money-hungry. Inside of that movie, it's ridiculously money-hungry, and that is that she's the big bad inside of the entire movie. Mm -hmm. um, but it is one that definitely made the list and one that I definitely recommend everybody look for. And while you're looking, make sure you look for me. I think, you know, th this is not my favorite baseball movie. Right. I, I like it, you know, it, it makes me laugh. Bob Euchre's the best part about the movie <laughs> yes. to me. Just a bit yeah. outside. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just think that for him, it's like... The movie Basketball. Have you ever seen Basketball? I haven't. Those two are. Uh, I, I. Those are two I can't imbibe. Al Michaels and Bob Costas are in it. Oh wow! Two of the most well-known, prestigious too, prestigious sportscasters yeah. Yeah. being completely jerky and funny. <laughs> so for you could get in there and do this. And just be funny. I thought that was just great on his part. Yeah, yeah. And it does make the movie for me. Yeah, it is an homage to Bob Euchre and uh, a lot of very classic baseball things are in it. Right. It's definitely one to see. Street! The Sandlot. You know, it's a bit... It, it is definitively one of the more obscure movies on the list. 
but it's one that is probably the most cherished. Everybody that has any interest in baseball at all, even the ones that don't have interest in baseball, they know when they look at a group of kids with their torn up clothes and their mitts and their, you know, the, the cock sideways or tilting backwards hat, you know that they've been out playing baseball. Right. And, and you get a, an incredibly tasty look at something like that inside this film. What I love the most about this film is that there's always one kid that can't really play. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that's Smalls. Yeah. And when I was in high school, they had a program where they got the kids jobs. You know, after school, you went and worked at, you know, whatever. And yeah. I got a job at a drugstore. Mm -hmm. And the guy who owned the drugstore knew that I was from the high school, knew that I played baseball. Yeah. And he said to me, will you do me a favor? I said, sure. Can you teach my kid how to play baseball? Can you teach him how to hit? Teach him a little how to throw a little better. Yeah. He says, I'll pay you like you were here. Yeah. So I used to go to his house sometimes instead of going mm. to the drugstore. Sure. Teach his kid how to hit. Oh, wow. Teach his kid how to throw and catch. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And I was like, wow, this is Americana. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the kid played. You know, I, I don't know how good he played. I never went to see him in, in his games or anything. Yeah. But I thought that was, and, and, and when this movie came out and I saw Smalls, I'm like, oh my God, that's. There he is. That's yeah. The kid. Yeah. The other thing you have inside of this movie is that big, ominous, what the hell is over that fence? Mm -hmm. And I don't know a neighborhood that didn't feature at least one house that was like that. Yep. There was one, as I walked on the way to Twinbrook Elementary School, and it was uh, three doors down from the crazy lady's house. <laughs> and it had this giant, what seemed like a 75-foot tall brown fence. Right. And you'd get about maybe three quarters of the way down the fence. And as soon as you hit that spot, it's like there was a sensor inside of the sidewalk you were walking on. Right. You would hear the thundering hooves of some hell beast that right. was coming towards the fence. And then you'd hear that deep <laughs> that would just scare the living hell out of everybody. Well, and that's not so strangely what you have inside of this, exactly. as well as the revelation moment at the end of the film where you realize, I think I need to scratch the tummy of this hellion beast. Right. <laughs> so, well, it, When it, you're a kid, everything's so much bigger. Oh, it's amazing. It, it, it's amazing. And again, that's what the Sandlot provides to anybody that watches it. And the other thing about this movie is the baseball signed by Babe Ruth. <laughs> you know, I mean, Dennis Leary, I think, played the kid's father. It, it, and he knows that Smalls, right? Play Smalls as a father. Obviously, he realizes the magnitude of a ball signed by Babe Ruth, and Smalls has no idea. Right. He just grabs a ball and goes out to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God. But having a baseball signed by Babe Ruth, are you kidding me? Yeah. And uh, all of those little things, especially the, the things that I love, and they haven't really done it inside of a movie, is where the, a child would know what that actually means. Look, a baseball with Babe Ruth's signature on it. I'd really like to see that because kids get smarter and smarter and smarter younger and younger and younger as all the years go by here and i know little tiny kids now that do know the value of what a mm -hmm. babe ruth signed baseball right now would mm -hmm. mean mm -hmm. uh, it would be great to see something like that we don't see that inside this movie there's a lot of really great innocence that's showcased inside this film too. i think it's really valuable Street. a league of their own love it Wow. My second favorite baseball movie of all time, believe it or not. Yeah. This is a great film, not just because Tom Hanks plays a, an irrepressible asshole inside this movie, uh, but there is a slice. Uh, it reminds me a lot of, of Sandlot, frankly, where you've got a team of people, but each slice of the team represents somebody that you either know when you were playing baseball or someone that you know in your life that you can graft onto the model of what's shown inside of the movie. Mm -hmm. I love that. It reminds me of the Dirty Dozen where mm -hmm. everybody's got their own specific skill set mm -hmm. for a specific mission, right. and you've got to try and achieve the mission. The right. difference is that inside this one, the mission is 
to not cry in baseball. <laughs> or rather, to win the game while you're right. playing baseball and not crying. Right. It is one of the unsung heroes, and probably unsung because of what happens, unfortunately, inside of the personal lives of many of the actors mm-hmm. inside of this movie. Exactly right. Looking at this film as it's portrayed by great actors as a piece of lexicon inside of baseball, thumbs up. Wow. This movie, I don't even know where to start. It's a period piece. Mm-hmm. You got me at period piece. Yeah. It's during the war. It's during a time when there was no political correctness. There's one time in the movie where the girls are all throwing baseballs at cutouts of Mussolini and Hitler. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can't even do that anymore. Right. You know? Betty Spaghetti's husband dies in the war and that letter comes from the War Department. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's so many real things about the war that went on. And this really went on. This, this league, uh, the girls' league, really happened, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's so real baseball. It's, it's women playing baseball. Please don't call me a sexist, but it's women playing baseball exactly the right way. Yeah. And even a little slice of kind of the Negro Leagues, when somebody overthrows someone and then a black woman picks up the ball and throws it and... Gina Davis catches it. My Laser, God, what yeah. a throw, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah. like a little, you know, a little commentary on, you know, don't forget the black men couldn't play baseball. Yeah. Forget the black women, you know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right, right. I, I don't know. I just love it. And Tom Hanks is so great as Jimmy Dugan. And uh, I think actually John Lovitz is great. Uh, I think Gary, Gary Marshall is great mm-hmm. as the owner mm-hmm. of the team. Mm-hmm. And it's just truly one of my favorite films about a true story in, in America. And I think Patty Marshall did a great job. Yeah. The Natural. Yeah. Based on a wonderful novel that is almost filmed inside of a cloud, it seems. Mm -hmm. Because, again, touching into not just period, but that real hardcore value submersion filmmaking that is something that is incredibly alluring to Mm -hmm. me. I love it when people paint a picture. And I, if I do not turn my head to look at anybody that's sitting in the theater next to me, I am absolutely immersed in whatever they're painting yeah, for I agree me. With that. It happens. It tries to happen now more as technology advances and as sound systems change and become even more wraparound and, and, and dunk you into whatever you're watching. Mm-hmm. But the actual content of the film, it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. This one, it absolutely I agree. does. Totally agree. Yeah. I also think that it's great that. It's a fiction. Not, you know, it, the book's a book. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when they make the movie, there's more visual, obviously. Yeah. And that guy, you say, oh, it's Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. But it's not but Babe it's Ruth. But it's not Babe Ruth. It's a fictional character. <laughs> right. you know, and I yeah. love that. Yeah. It was so weird to me. It took uh, me so long to figure out, did this really happen? Did right. he really get yes. shot? You yeah. know what I mean? And, and after a while, I, you figure out that, yeah, he really did. And I didn't realize until maybe my late 30s how extraordinary I love it when movies paint a character of somebody and then i have to go wait a second did i just see a story of somebody's life was it kind of a a biopic or i I love that when i have to ask the question Uh, it doesn't happen very often but when it does happen it's magical you wrap in robert redford inside of the pinnacle of really his career Mm -hmm. Uh, he's come back recently inside of the most recent captain america film winter soldier and he was extraordinary in that that. too (laughs) Um, but, but this is, you know, this is a long time ago, but a great film that has lots of detail. You, uh, you mentioned, is he the babe or is he not the babe? That veil of what celebrity meant back then is also showcased, exactly right. which is a completely different veneer yeah. than what anybody today has. And the players 
and the manager, you know, that manager doesn't really like him. Mm -hmm. It's so real. I mean, that, that everything was so real. Back in that time, it's exactly how everybody would have been, exactly yeah. how they're portrayed yeah. in that film. Yeah, again, submersion filmmaking at really its best, especially when it comes to baseball inside of yeah. the natural. The Bad News Bears. Who doesn't love the Bad News Bears? I'll tell you why I love the Bad News Bears. You know why? Walter Matthau. Not just Walter Matthau. It paved the way, laid the plank, made sure that I wasn't going to get in trouble for the first time my mom ever heard me swear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because kids were swearing in the film. That's right. I yeah. blamed it hardcore on, on the Bad News Bears. So my mom and I were walking to the pool inside of the Versailles apartment complex, right? Do, 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 do. I step on a rock and I go, ah, shit. Sorry, Mom. Sort the movie. <laughs> That's right. That it you was right. me too. <laughs> yes. It, it, it's one of the absolute seminal moments inside of my life that I remember clear as a bell. I remember the, the, the pattern of the towel I was wearing. I remember the suit I was wearing. I remember the, the goggles, my, my scuba goggles that I was wearing. Wow. I remember all of it. <laughs> I remember my mom turning. It's not too different than Ralphie with the fudge moment inside of Christmas Story. The difference is that it was my mom. Mm -hmm. And we were on the way to the pool as opposed to outside in the cold with a, uh, a tire and some lug nuts. Right. It's an extraordinary moment inside of my life. And and I get to blame it squarely on the Bad News Bears. You know, in this movie, you know, when I was young, Little League, 10, 11, 12 years old, our teams were sponsored, you know, Bank of Bloomfield, Van Tassel's Funeral Home. Yeah. You know, so when it was sponsored by Chico's Bail Bonds, not only was that just fine because it was Chico's Bail Bonds, but that's that's life in the yes. league. You know what I mean? Yes. Somebody's got to pay for the stuff. Somebody's got to pay for the stuff, right? You know? Yeah. It happens still to this day. Right, right. It, and the, it's the, just the way that the, the way that the uniforms has morphed and changed... But the way that those uniforms get paid for, none of that has changed since right, day one. Right. I, I, I love the drift over of that. I love the uh, – before we were talking about cast of characters in a in a movie like Dirty Dozen and how that grafted into a league of their own. One side of this one, it's like the Dirty Dozen does the league of their own does some twisted comic book. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it's all wonderfully led inside of this. Well, Walter Matthau was great in it. Mm -hmm. I thought Tatum O'Neill was great in yeah. it. Vic Morrow yeah. is in it, yeah. you know, and you know he's the way he tragically was killed. Yeah, and the kid on the motorcycle, I don't know the actor's name, yeah. but he's, he's now become a giant. Source. In the Watchmen, he's with, in the Watchmen. With, with, yeah, yeah, Jackie Earl Haley. Right, Jackie <laughs> Earl Haley. Tremendous, and you know he was ever. I guarantee you, every kid that was any age of any of the kids on the team had that kid no that they knew. Now, no they may doubt. not have had a motorcycle, but they either had a badass bike, or better yet, it was the kid that walked that didn't have a bike. Growing up... That New was New too cool. Yep. Growing yes. up in New Jersey, we called him hard guys. He was a hard guy. <laughs> yeah. And he grew up to be Rorschach in, in The Watchmen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so uh, when, in a variety of other things. He's, his career has blossomed tremendously just in the last five years. Right. And I can't wait to see where his career is taken. But it was definitively because of this part in this film that you can look back on. Absolutely. And there was a, a long period of time inside of his career where he didn't do jack. That's right. That's right. So you never give up. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, inside of the baseball realm, never give up. Right. You get to see that between the actors as well as the team. Great stuff. Street. Pride of the Yankees. Hmm, one of my favorites. Directed by Sam Wood. This is a movie about Lou Gehrig. Yeah. Lou Gehrig is played by... And, and, and for those of you curious, the people that were dumping their heads with ice over the last several years. Right. I mean, ALS, yeah. right. Lou Gehrig's yeah. disease. Yeah. Right. The, the, this is the guy. <laughs> because everybody knows they throw ice on their ass, but they don't know anything about the guy that it's actually based on. Right. Great. Gary Cooper. All-American Gary Cooper plays uh, Lou Gehrig. Mm -hmm. And a very young Walter Brennan 
plays Sam Blake, who writes for the Daily News yeah. and discovers Lou Gehrig. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only is he a writer, he's like the artist. You know, like he'll do like cartoons mm-hmm. of him and everything. Mm-hmm. Here's the really cool part about this movie. Babe Ruth is in it. Mm. He's actually in it. Oh, wow. Playing himself. Okay. Obviously. Uh, Bill Dickey, you know, Hall of Fame catcher for the Yankees mm-hmm. is in it. Yeah. And it's a little corny. The movie's a little corny, you know, because 1942 and everything was corny in 1942. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, you know, you watch him go from a, a son of a German immigrant, goes to Columbia. He's that smart that he went to an Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. And then... He has to play baseball on the slide because his mother mm-hmm. just wants him to be an, an engineer like Uncle Otto. Yeah. Uncle Otto was an engineer, so you have to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. And he was so good at baseball, obviously, and then the Yankees uh, drafted him and the Yankees played him. And then you see him start to deteriorate. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad because you see it through the eyes of his wife. Yeah. You know, who married this big, strong guy who played for the Yankees and batted after Babe Ruth. He batted clean up, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Here's a little bit of cool trivia. The Yankees were the first team to put numbers on the backs of uniforms. Yeah. And yeah. the numbers that they wore signified where they were in the line. Batting order, right. That's yeah. why Ruth wore three and Garrick wore four. And, and, you know, he does the whole today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face mm-hmm. of the earth speech, obviously. Sure. sure. And he walks down the tunnel. That I know a lot of people know the words to, but have no idea where that's from. Isn't right. that funny? Right. It is one of those... Uh, super ultra striking orations that you can look at from any aspect yeah. that graphs onto any piece of life. And a lot of people have no idea where that's from. And this year, if you're really interested and you want to go research, the first baseman on every Major League Baseball team recite that because you know Lou Gehrig played first mm-hmm. base. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really kind of cool and a great tribute to, uh, to Lou Gehrig. So prior to the Yankees, 1942, truly one of my favorites. Growing up, watched it and... I recommend it. Yeah, it's something I've definitively got to get to and watch all the way through. Because, again, other than having seen the speech and a couple of tiny little bits on YouTube, I have not seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's extraordinary. And, again, remember, all of these movies we're going to link up over at twoguystalkingbaseball.com inside the show notes for this episode. Bingo Long's Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. (laughs) Now, wait a second. If we just... Exited out of baseball movies? What's going on here, Vic? Mike, this is weird. Believe it or not. (laughs) I can't imagine having a quirky sounding movie from you. No way. This is my favorite (laughs) baseball movie of all time. All right. It stars Richard Pryor, Mm -hmm. Billy Dee Williams, Mm -hmm. and James Earl Jones. Yep. They all. How old are they here? What year are we talking about? 1974, 5. Okay. Somewhere around there. Sure, yeah. Uh, directed by a guy named John Bedham, who I knew nothing about. Okay. But Bingo Long's Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings is about the Negro Leagues. Okay. Which has always fascinated me. Yeah. From the time I was a kid. So Bingo Long is the star of one of the Negro League teams. James Earl Jones' character is as well, and Richard Pryor as well. And the funny thing is, is, okay, white America treated black people badly back then. Yeah. The black owners treated the black players even worse. Wow. You know? Didn't pay them. You know, really treated them badly. So Bingo Long takes some of the best guys he can find, makes this team called Bingo Long's Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings, and they barnstorm through the South. Yeah. They just go from town to town mm-hmm. and play play different teams and everything. Yeah. And you get to see some of the diabolical things that happen to these guys where, you know, the owners try to cancel games and make sure that they don't play. They actually hurt one of the guys. You know who's in this film? The guy whose name now is Otis Day. The guy who played Otis Day really? is in it. Oh, wow. His character's name is Rainbow. Okay. 
after the Animal House, he legally changed his name to Otis Day, by the way. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's not that actor. Anyway, okay. it's, it's just a great movie. And what it does, too, is because they were, they were part of a show, not just a game, it reminded me very much of the Harlem Globetrotters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same situation. Guys that couldn't play professional basketball because only white guys could play basketball. Right, right. You know, And there was the defining moment. Right around Jackie Robinson's time, I think it was a little bit later, maybe 1948, where the Harlem Globetrotters played the Minneapolis Lakers, mm-hmm. who were the champions of the NBA with George Mikan, the big six foot eleven yeah yeah yeah, guy, yeah and beat them mm-hmm. and that started the globetrotters to be really well known but it's it's the fun things that they do with in these baseball games mm-hmm. you know that really struck my eye and the, mm-hmm. and the, the, the uniforms are colored just the right way mm-hmm. and if you look at a team picture everybody had a different thing on their shirt mm-hmm. bingo long had bingo mm-hmm. the next guy had longs and then when they line up they all have this the message across bingo longs traveling all stars <laughs> and other things and here's the thing this movie is obscure. Richard Pryor is great in it. Richard Pryor's character, he's black, but he's trying to portray himself as Cuban. Sure. So he can play in the majors. His yeah. name is Carlos Navarra. <laughs> you think she thinks she scares me because she's white? Doesn't scare Carlos Navarra. And then finally, one guy who loosely kind of based on Jackie Robinson gets the call to the big leagues mm-hmm. at, the, at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's a great movie that really shows the struggles of the black player. It shows the beauty of the Negro Leagues. Mm-hmm. It's fun, it's funny, it's sad, it's poignant, it's my favorite. It's Bingo Long's Traveling All-Stars and Motorcade. I am surprised that something like that has not been embraced and redone, very much in the flavor of another film we're going to get to, 42 I would hate here. to see it be redone. Uh, uh, redone re- in that... Re-released. Re- 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 where I'm going, Vic, is I'm amazed that they haven't gone back to the Negro Leagues, mm-hmm. because I think it would be something ripe, very much so. For a lot of what is the we want equality and you must understand our trials and tribulations. Because it is. It, it Not only is it a story, just like what you're talking about here, it's not only a story of trying to get up on having the boot on your throat, it's also your buddies and your fellow kind with the boot on your throat. In fact, both boots on your throat. That's that's the whole... And and why that has not been embraced again. Right. So when I say remake, I don't mean like this movie is going to get remade. Right. There that's are thousands of stories inside of the Negro that can yeah. be told. Oh, my God. Um, the, the reason I remember some of them is that uh, at a mall that's not too far from here, it's now destroyed, but it's inside of uh, Northwest Plaza Mall. Oh, it was yeah. not, not too far from here, maybe 10 minutes. There was a gentleman that had a kiosk inside of there right when we moved here in 1993. And inside of the kiosk, he had... Old school, original style, Negro baseball outfits. Wow. Complete with the hats, complete with the jerseys. Kansas City Monarchs. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember vividly the day I had a conversation with him. And I know that as he was telling me all this rich, awesome, he's like, why the hell am I telling this guy? He's not going to buy anything from me. And the reason is because of those stories. Right. The the stories of, man, look at the, how these were made. And he had all the stories of how they were made, what the teams were, where they were, why they were popular, why they weren't popular. And not so strangely, his kiosk didn't kick it. Mm. But I love that. I love those little tiny bits of story that you can get, that you can then drag into another piece. And obviously, somebody got enough of the story, collected enough ridiculously awesome acting, and threw it into this movie. Two final things. Yeah. One thing is, if you go to the Baseball Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. there's an actual uniform from the movie in the hall. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. It's in a case. The other thing is, in the Negro Leagues, a guy named Josh Gibson played in, in the Negro Leagues. Mm-hmm. And they used to play at Yankee Stadium when the Yankees were on the road. Yeah. Nobody, no major league baseball player has ever hit a fair ball out of Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. But legend says that Josh Gibson did. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
That's very interesting. We're going to link over to that story as well as all of these listings inside the show notes for this episode over at Two Guys Talking Baseball. Check them out. Good God, Vic. We're running long here during our listing, 10 plus of great baseball-based feature films. We'll be right back after this break. Looking for a straightforward user interface on a cost-effective feature-filled multi-track recording software? Call off the search. Mixcraft from Acoustica has exactly what you're looking for. It's time to include reliable audio creation and editing software with real punch into your projects. Check out Mixcraft now over at Acoustica.com forward slash Mixcraft and start a new generation of audio creation and editing today. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Unlike TV or radio ads where every instance the ads are broadcast, they're only played once and lost forever. Perpetual advertising can have repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, and even years after they're inserted in a podcast. So even if a podcast is a few years old, your ads will still be impactful to repeat listeners as well as new listeners. This gives your advertising dollar the most bang for the buck. Find out more about perpetual advertising at twoguystalking.com Things in 1982 were a lot more simple. BMX Bikes, the Versailles apartment complex in Schaumburg, Illinois. The sweet, innocent kiss of Andrea Schaefer. And of course, a little film from a man named Steven Spielberg called E.T. Science fiction, the detail of a broken but still together family, the relationships that were made when you were 12, ones that are never again truly realized. It seems a lot heavier than most remember, but all of these things and more await you in the Two Guys Talking Perspective Review of Steven Spielberg's E.T. 1982 on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Check it out now at twoguystalking.com. That's the number two, guystalking.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it all out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com. See what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box from The Voice Box. Voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Hello? Do you know who this is? Two guys talking the Matrix? Yes. It was a movie that smashed records, imaginations, and limits for gunfire inside of feature films. The Matrix, 1999, directed by the Wachowski brothers, was recently put squarely inside the crosshairs of the perspective review from Two Guys Talking. We talk about the hype, the money, the good, the bad, provide a rating, and discuss the franchise. Also, learn about all the great weapons utilized inside The Matrix from SovereignArms.com's Matt Gummersell, senior firearms instructor specializing in dynamic weapons training. Don't miss yet another record-breaking perspective review from Two Guys Talking. All this and more is waiting for you, as well as the decision to take the blue or the red pill over at twoguystalking.com forward slash matrix. 
It's the perspective review of 1999's The Matrix, only from Two Guys Talking. Are you a blogger? Always wanted to be one? Are you a business that wants to add a blog to their website? Are you an existing blogger who's looking for more traffic? Then check out bloggersbug.com for the perfect solution to your blog creation needs. Access bloggersbug.com now and get bit by the blogger's bug. How? Check out bloggersbug.com for the perfect solution to your blog creation needs. Get bit by the blogger's bug. Bloggersbug.com. Get bit by the blogger's bug. Everyone, welcome back to the Two Guys Talking Baseball.com review of 10 plus great baseball feature films. Reverse the curse of the Bambino. I don't know about it, but I know I hate it already. <laughs> I know you do. Because it's about the Red Sox. Because it is about the Red Sox. Now, for all of you that are ready to get your Red Sox hate on, which, by the way, I'm going to tell you this short little story. I had a Red Sox jersey on uh, the day that the uh, Sox opened the season this, this, this year, along with my red shoes on, which I happen to be wearing tonight. And I'm walking into a local schnook store. And walking out of a local schnook store is a guy with a Cardinals jersey on. And as I'm walking in, no eye contact, nothing. But as he's walking up to me, he goes, boo. Okay. You know, I, not the typical reaction, especially from a Cardinal fan. Right. Because as everybody knows, and we'll always profess here, Cardinal fans are absolutely a cut above just about everybody. Everybody. And so not, that, just about, not, not just about everybody. It, it, it took me aback. But I realized then that I was actually wearing my jersey and my right. hat as well as my red shoes. So, now, Mike, I, in New Jersey or New York, it would have been so much worse. Oh, no, I get oh, it. I, I, I totally get that. In fact, I, I've heard worse actually at Bush Stadium. Before the, uh, the, the, the... The New York Mets also get a giant volume of, of shit, right. <laughs> frankly, at, but when the they Yankee come. fans, they play the Red Sox a hundred times a year. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a hatred there. Oh, yeah. Before the, before the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004 against the Cardinals. My friend Sal, my dearest, best friend in the whole world, Sal, who, as we record this podcast today, yesterday was the second anniversary of his death. Yeah. He had a shirt that said, hey, Red Sox fans, there's no curse. Your team just sucks. <laughs> we were at the Jersey Shore one year. He had that on. And some guys, hold on, hold on. I got to get a picture of this. Stops out, puts him up against the boardwalk, and takes a picture. Oh, my God. It was awesome. Yeah. We hate the Red Sox. Yes. Hate him. I, I, I totally agree. And the only thing I had for this gentleman is he's booing me as he's walking by. I go, hey, do you know if I can buy a broom in there? <laughs> you're awful <laughs> and i just i smiled and i walked right by him because i did not initiate but i certainly put the period on the sentence yeah, sure did. okay so anyway I, all of you that are ready to hate red Sox, i totally get it and know that this is the only thing that we're going to be focusing on that is red Sox base okay. inside this entire list and the reason i tell everybody this is not to get my red Sox on and and gloat that is not what this is about this is about an achievement in baseball that many teams well, actually, no, only two teams up until 2004 have not somehow achieved. Mm -hmm. And that's why I want to make sure we talk about it and that it's Red Sox based. But the reason is because the, the curse is way more than a lot of people think. You know, you think, uh, I can't get in my car because my car is going to break down. I must be cursed. Okay, well, that works, but you eventually get rid of the car, right? Right. Okay. Uh, you, you may think, you know, I never wear that outfit because when I do, something bad always happens. No problem, because you know what happens? 
you get rid of that outfit or you outgrow it. You just physically can't fit into it anymore. Fine. But folks, we're talking about something that is huge inside of an achievement for any city that has a Major League Baseball team. Mm -hmm. Again, those of you that think the Cubs have never won a World Series, not true. They won a ton. That's right. They have not won a World Series in a very long time, but neither did the Red Sox for a very long time. And so when they did win, and win in such a stunning fashion, Mm -hmm. which every Cardinal fan will absolutely agree to. They don't like to, but they will agree. I was actually there. Well, and that, that, that's won. exactly what I'm talking about. You're going to always remember it. You were there. You actually saw it all happen. And for those of you that have watched the Jimmy Fallon movie, you also were there. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's the thing about them winning. That's the big achievement, okay? But this this special is phenomenal mm-hmm. because it goes through everything you could possibly ever concept mm-hmm. inside of what is the curse. It, what it also does is it brings through a lot of fantastic celebrities who either grew up in and around the Boston area right. who can give you their growing up. I, you know, I can't believe when I was four and a half years old and my uncle blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, they got Michael Chiklis in there. They've got, uh, we talked about Dennis, Dennis Leary's, Mil- Dennis Leary's in there. Absolutely. And it is wonderful to see these people talk about the rich history that absolutely non indescribable hatred that you refer to is absolutely showcased inside of there in every direction. You know, the thing about it is the the Red Sox didn't just trade anybody to the Yankees. They traded <laughs> the most famous baseball player ever. ever. Right, right, right. The other thing that I really endear about this this particular special is that it came out before the 2004 win. Oh, wow. But was then augmented after it. Right. And folks, that is fandom. Right. There are so I'm not I'm not asking for movies to go back and change what happened inside of the movie. And this was not a movie, by the way. This was uh, re- was released on television and or uh, no 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 it was uh, on cable. I think it was uh, either HBO maybe. It is a wonderful moment to look at the culture of what happens inside of baseball, but also inside the city of Boston, which there is a definitive culture. Absolutely, doesn't matter how much you hate them. Right. There is a definitive culture there, and it is showcased wonderfully inside of this special. Again, I. Everybody, including the people that can't stand the can't stand the Red Sox, blah, get in there and watch it because mm-hmm. it really is excellent. You know, it's funny too. They, you mentioned the Cubs. Last time they won the World Series was 1908. <laughs> My wife's grandma was born in November of 1908. So one month after the Cubs won the World Series, she lived 101 years, and the Cubs never won the World Series in her entire lifetime. Not that she was a Cubs fan, just yeah, for yeah. perspective. Yeah. Uh, the other thing. The Red Sox had their curse, and the White Sox uh-huh. had a curse yeah. because that 1919 Black Sox scandal, mm-hmm. the year that they won the World Series, the last time they won it was the year before that in 1918, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was like that 1919 Black Sox scandal, Arnold Rothstein, you know, fixing the World Series, mm-hmm. was kind of their curse, you know? And the Cubs have a cow or something. Don't they a goat or some kind of animal that's the reason why they haven't won or something stupid like that? Uh, there's or a they right. just suck. <laughs> here's what's scary, okay? In Back to the Future 2, uh-huh. they go to 2015, uh-huh. by the way, the year we're in, <laughs> yeah. and he looks up at the score, Cubs win World Series. Now, wouldn't that be just wacky if the Cubs won the World Series this year? Oh, sure it would. It would be incredibly wacky. And I, I guess what I replied to, and as we finish this particular entry, is traditions are rich inside of baseball. And that's why the Cubs, within the first eight minutes of their opening game this season, lost. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, the name of this special that you must see, regardless of your ilk, as long as you love baseball, you will love Reverse the Curse of the Bambino. It is uh, singularly impressive and something everybody should see. Street! Field of Dreams. Now, it's one that I know I put on top of my pinnacle of a variety of lists that I wrote online over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And Vic and I recently did a wonderful perspective review. That was of fun, it. man. Talking about it was, it was a lot of fun. We really went into superb detail. It's a very long podcast. It's a it's an hour and forty five minutes. But folks, it is worth every single minute that you listen to uh, the stories that we told, the experiences of both Vic and I inside of remembering not just the movie but the life experiences that crafted our thoughts of the movie. It's extraordinary. But let's talk about Field the Dreams real quick and synopsis. Sure. I still provide the supposition that this is a ghost film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I totally <laughs> there's, agree. There's no doubt about it. I, I think the flavor of, ah, oh, yet another baseball movie. Okay, whatever. This is not yet another baseball movie. There's a completely different flavor. There's a, some wonderful waft of all the baseball films that we're talking about inside of it as well, yes. But there is so much imagination and what if that is inserted into this as almost a frosting. Uh, more of a glaze, maybe not a frosting. It's a, it's a glaze that makes things shine. Mm-hmm. And that's what endears this movie to me in general. I, I really do feel that. To validate what you're saying, you know, that it's a ghost movie. Okay, obviously all the ballplayers are ghosts, but Burt Lancaster's character of the Doctor is a ghost as well. He's right. got nothing to do really with right. it. Well, he did, he played, but right. he's more of a doctor in this film than he is a ballplayer, yeah. you know? Yeah, And just the fact that it was Burt Lancaster's last film, I mean, there's so many things about this mm-hmm. movie that just makes it so great. I mean, Kevin Costner's great, James Earl Jones and his speech. I mean, it, 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 I, I don't know, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that there's some sort of recording of James Earl Jones's baseball speech in the Hall of Fame somewhere. I, I'm just yeah. going to guess. Yeah, and I, again, I haven't been there, and I don't know if there is anything that pays homage to something like Field the Dreams, but no, no, there no. definitively should be. No, uh, well, the other thing that's obviously inserted in here, and you and I still have not quite researched that, but that Costner obviously has some endearment to baseball. Oh, no doubt. There, there, there is no question, looking at what he did with that film and what is showcased in that wonderful commentary inside of it, is something that everybody should experience inside of Field of Dreams, 1989. Great stuff. Baseball by Ken Burns. Folks, it's long. And I have only seen four, maybe four and a half episodes of the entire thing. Innings. Let's call them innings. Yeah. That's what they are. Yeah. And the gist is that you need to like baseball, but more importantly, you need to like baseball stories. Learn about before we knew. Yeah. 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 And I... It will definitively not be for everybody. <laughs> that, that's the other thing that I can say definitively about this series, I as well as a bunch of other baseball fans. Yes, it, it's it's. I always say this about Ken Burns, though. He makes great stuff for a fan base. If you're outside the fan base, you've got to be convinced to watch it. Because while the, he has the craft, he definitively has the craft every time he makes something. But the stuff that he makes is for the people that are fans of whatever he's making. But if you are encouraged to watch any of his documentaries, you're a fan. Yes, I agree with that. Jazz, the Civil War. Civil War is the other the one that's war, huge. The War, the World War II yeah, yeah, one, you know? Yeah. But baseball taught me that baseball is actually based on an English game called Rounders. Mm-hmm. This movie taught me that when baseball first started, the pitcher was not allowed to alter the flight of the ball. A curveball was not allowed. You had to mm-hmm. throw the ball straight, and that mm-hmm. was that. Sure. Baseball brought to light things like baseball is the only sport where the defense has the ball. Mm-hmm. Baseball is the only sport where the coach is called a manager. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that manager wears the uniform of the team. <laughs> yeah. Baseball is the only 
sport where when you come out of the game, you can't go back in the game. You know, there's so many things that make baseball the pinnacle of sports because it's so different than every other sport. Every other sport, football is 100 yards. Basketball is 100 feet, I think. Mm-hmm. But baseball dimensions are all different depending upon what park you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. what's so great about yeah. it. And this really brings out everything from the very beginning uh, right up to Kurt Flood and the beginning of arbitration and free agency. Mm-hmm. It, If you have the time, it's great. My wife, who's the best wife ever, uh, bought me, back in the days of VHS, the entire yeah. documentary. Yeah, it's about 700 feet long, it's, pretty sure. You can park your car on it, right, Vic? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, 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 the parts are called innings. Yeah. So when all nine innings are together, it makes a great picture of an old time play at the plate. Mm. You know? Mm. It'll take you forever to watch. It is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. The entire thing is on Netflix mm. if you want to watch it. Mm. So take some time and go watch baseball. Yeah, very interesting. Again, from Ken Burns, who has a definitive style and he does. definitive vision that any baseball fan will definitely be endeared to. Street! 42. I have this movie on Blu-ray that I bought for eight bucks. I have not watched it's a bargain. it. It's a bargain. I have not watched it. And uh, the reason I have not watched it is because I need to hear more awesome about it before I actually sit down okay. and take the time to watch it. Let me give you some awesome. So help me. Tell me. Uh, Harrison Ford plays Branch Rickey. Yeah. Who, and he is so great. And mm-hmm. there's a defining moment in it when one of the players says that he got a hate letter from a fan. Uh-huh. And he stands up, Branch Rickey stands up and goes, oh, did, did you get a hate letter? And he doesn't say anything, he just walks over to a filing cabinet and he pulls out a file that's like as thick as an encyclopedia and throws it down on the desk. And then he pulls out another one. And then he pulls out a third one. Oh, These man. are all the hate letters that Jackie Robinson gets. Oh, wow. You know? I thought Harrison Ford's portrayal of Branch Rickey was so great. Whether that's exactly how Branch Rickey looked or sound, I don't know. No idea, right. But he was just so great at it. There was one moment in this film that I said... I watched this with my daughters. I said, if they screw up this moment, I'm out. Mm -hmm. They didn't screw it up. Okay. And here's the moment. Okay. The Dodgers are playing in Cincinnati. Every city that Jackie Robinson went to, he was called (laughs) He was called, you know, how horrible must it have been just to try to play? But he never lost his temper. Right. Right. So they're playing in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. The worst reception that Jackie Robinson got in the major leagues, for some reason, was in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And it's in between innings. And the first baseman, oh, Jackie Robinson was the first baseman. He's throwing ground balls, you know, to the yeah. infield. They uh-huh. throw it back. It's something that happens every time. And Pee Wee Reese was the shortstop. Pee Wee Reese just couldn't take it anymore. He couldn't take what he was hearing. Mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson throws him a ground ball. Pee Wee Reese picks it up. Instead of throwing it to him, he runs across the diamond to Jackie Robinson and puts his arm around him, telling the world, this is my teammate. This is my friend. Mm-hmm. I've accepted him. You accept him. Mm-hmm. And I said, if they screw that moment up in this film, I'm going to be pissed. And they nailed it. That's awesome. Sometimes that's all it takes for me is just get that one moment right. Well, Vic, and I I think that's extraordinary because for those that know nothing about other two guys talking properties, the fact is that every film can teeter on very minuscule pieces, parts. And that's one of them. For For the people that are going to come and watch a movie about a guy that literally was the pioneer inside of Negro baseball in general, 
stepping literally into another world mm -hmm. to showcase it. There are a few pieces that can be misplayed. That's right. And, <laughs> and that's did. obviously one of them. Right. That's a, that actually is a good teeter point for me to actually get into and watch the film. Yeah. I guess I, I wasn't looking for it to win the Oscar because no. it's talking about Jackie right. Robinson. Right. I, I was looking for something that was a, a bit more in the in the vein of, you know, this is a, a very interesting film you need to watch. And remarkably, unremarkably... It wasn't. Right. It, it was another film that was released. It made its money. And then there were other films released that year. Right. And very little more. Right. So, again, I wasn't looking for the, you know, knock down, drag out, oh, my God, needs to get the Oscar moment. Right. But I was looking for something where it would be pointed to and saying, you know, you've really got to check this out. Right. And now you have done that for me, and I will. Absolutely. I promise we'll do that. In fact, really, that's another one of those pinnacle movies that we really need to be doing a focal point on. The day that the players wear number 42, perhaps that would be a great day to release the perspective review it's coming up, of that so. film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you have it, folks. A 10-plus outstanding lineup of undeniable hits. Are you someone that hates baseball? Do you have a baseball story that we haven't heard? Now's the time you've got the bases cleared, a red-hot bat in your hand, the storied Cracker Jack waft in the air, and a sea of screaming fans. So are you going to tell us what your favorite baseball feature film is? Be sure to tell us what you think by going over to our Facebook presence. That's facebook.com forward slash two guys talking. That's the number two guys talking start a new thread there to talk about baseball films or respond to one that's already there we're eager to hear from you in the virtual bleachers until next time i'm mike wilkerson one of your hosts i'm vic porcelli love talking baseball on two guys talking baseball.com love talking baseball it's two guys talking baseball.com ah another nine podcast innings complete another scorecard fleshed out but we're wondering what you podcast think feedback be sure to visit us over at twoguystalkingbaseball.com to tell us which stories you liked, which ones you didn't, but more importantly, which ones you want to hear about. You can also visit and interact with us on iTunes and Facebook and send a fastball share over to your fellow baseball friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Guys Talking Baseball. And until you come back to the virtual bleachers, hey, bada bada bada, so wing. Two Guys Talking Baseball. It's always a strike when it comes to baseball, storytelling, and perspective. You are out of here!